0: A Squared Wrestling Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another exciting episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Andy Quilden, as always, joined by what do they Andy say? Miller. What <laughs> Hashtag they say? Miller Time. That's what they say, exactly. okay. what right. they <laughs> say yeah. yeah. Hashtag,
1: hashtag Coke Zero Sugar Time.
0: Okay, yeah. That's what you're drinking. Anyway. I was trying to be cool. Yeah. Was <laughs> it was a good gag, Pretending actually. we were getting uh, yeah. pissed up whilst uh, recording the podcast, um, which, uh, you know, if you'd met us uh, in our early days, then we may well have been doing... That would have been
1: what we did, wouldn't we? Well, yeah. that's
0: just what we, just what we did. Yours would be more of a clink as you used the bottle opener on your Smirnoff Ice, or if we were in America, Mike's Hard Lemonade.
1: Which... A, a pretty poor alternative to Smirnoff. Well, France. I don't know.
0: I'm not a drinker of, of that. Uh, I don't but drink anymore. I, I don't remember, drink at all anymore. At I remember when we were in uh, Las Vegas and we were at uh, Dirty Dick's Last Resort. And do you remember, you the the waitress went mad Oh, at she you, was probably. horrible. Too. And if she said some of the things that she said then in 2018, she'd probably be locked up, wouldn't she?
1: I reckon that Dick's Last Resort probably... It's probably still open. I but, hope it uh, is. But the God, the... the the mentality of people these days they wouldn't be able to take you'd it you'd
0: have to sign a uh, I was getting disc- pretty offended
1: Tuesday You weren't, really well, it's not me. hard to wind you up well, as this podcast has established uh, I asked established. her ketchup do you remember this Yeah, she put it on the table <laughs> she squirted it all over the paper tablecloth instead <laughs> of just leave me the bottle. she's like no F you and yeah, she was, but it, that's what you yeah. pay for it's good it's a great gimmick. concept yeah. Just, but, but unfortunately, I was the got picked on so that's pretty usual and everyone
0: was like laughing just like another Wednesday afternoon for you isn't it yeah Every Wednesday afternoon. Because every Wednesday afternoon we record the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. And this time this time it's a little bit different, isn't it? Because we've asked you, the listeners, for questions. Yes. So what's the topic of today's show? I don't know. It's up to you. You decide. So we're gonna read through some questions. But before we get there, Andy, yep. what have you been up to?
1: Um I'm I, didn't, I haven't even told you this. Uh it's not particularly exciting either. But I have been on a big Grange Hill binge the last forty eight hours. Um,
0: What's led to that? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I must have seen something on a Facebook timeline or something. And it might have been... So how have you
0: been consuming Grain Chill? YouTube. uh, Are you watching it episodically? No,
1: I'm just... I've watched like... uh, So I remember watching it, obviously reruns of probably the late 80s episodes in the mid-90s with my mum. And uh, it it was not anything we specifically ever sat down and watched together, but a few times I could just remember watching my mum. And uh, it, something must have come up for it to jog my memory of this. I just
0: woke up one day and I'm like I need to watch Grange Hill. Yeah,
1: so I so it must have been yesterday. So it, it started with um, just say no, no. Just say no. Their
0: drugs campaign, yeah.
1: yeah. Which again, I was two years old at the time, so I wasn't even around to really understand but it, was, it. It got
0: so over that it
1: was sung for years. It was massive, and then I watched. Uh, so I watched the Just Say No video, and then I remembered watching Justin Lee Collins brings
0: back Grange Hill. Okay. Remember when he did yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. I watched his Justin Lee Collins brings back the A team. That's right. And Justin Lee Collins, he's he's got himself in some trouble as well. I think he's a disgraced celebrity now. I'm, yeah, not for, he's not around not anymore. For, uh, is he? I think just for, I I don't know, not for the current (laughs) allegations. No, I think it was domestic abuse. Yeah, something like that. Which is obviously,
1: you know, just as bad in the same bracket. Um, But yeah, because it's only occurred to me I hadn't heard from him in years. Uh, I didn't really up on it. But anyway, um, Grain Chill, I've been watching Danny Kendall die in the back of
0: Mr. Bronson's stolen car. It means nothing to me because I never used to watch uh, Really? uh, I thought you'd been really into that. No.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, that's what I've been watching. And if anyone's got any fun Grain Chill tales, let me know. Oh, One thing I wanted to say was I had the opportunity once to meet Zamo. He was a guest at a Brian Dixon show in Croydon that also had Jushin Thunder Liger on it. No oh, really, he, yeah. He oh, was, was that
0: when uh, Justin Thunderliger came out? I just called him Justin. <laughs> Justin, yeah. The reason I did call him that, Justin Thunderliger, because that's the way that he referred to him, <laughs> at all star. And also, what was the song he came out to? Um, I
1: think the song's called Japanese Boy. Japanese Boy. Wow. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which everyone, which everyone claimed he loved, because that was his music. That was his entrance theme back in the eighties, I guess. But
0: when stuff like that was cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I sat and watched that whole match, thinking, "This isn't his music." You know, <laughs> Before the he's match like started, he's when he came out. has got
0: iconic music now, hasn't he? So Yeah,
1: but he was dancing his way to the ring. It was kind of like he was having well, some fun a, with it. So. He's a pro, isn't he? Yeah, he wasn't going to sulk, like um, some of our lads do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: this isn't my music. Yeah. but the um, conscience yeah. is listening, and he's going <laughs> to call you up off, on that. Um, so, uh, what have I been up to? I'll ask, what have you been up to? <laughs> 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 well, today, Andy was a monumental day for Revolution Pro Wrestling because I picked up the keys to our new office. Wow. So... Uh,
1: this is a real life... I haven't seen it, but this is a real life office, isn't it's it? It's a real life, life office, isn't? it's
0: not a pretend office. No, like but
1: it's not like you've hired a room in um in a in a a what storage block somewhere. This is an actual office. It's an, it's an office, office, yeah.
0: It's an office. There you go. So uh, it's, it's a very monumental day uh getting the keys to the office and uh and I'm hoping it's gonna make us more productive. I mean for a long time uh I have had my own my own office which is essentially doubled as a dining room as well. Um and we've got the storeroom which is my garage. Um but now we have an actual office and an actual uh an actual storeroom. Um so uh, it's only a small little place but it's uh you know it's a big start and I think it's uh quite symbolic of how far we've come in the last few years and who would have ever thought that, that something like that could happen. So uh I think that's uh, the start of the start of the expansion, you know? That's big. Feeling yeah, that's really big. positive about this one.
1: Yeah soon you'll be owning it, you'll uh, you'll be renting the whole office the whole block office block a la yeah. Titan Towers. I think
0: I think that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Well it worked for one man, didn't it? it so and, and who knows? genuine like who knows how big it could get. So yeah. I think that's uh that's kind of exciting. It so is yeah very yeah. positive um what about the snow has it affected you at all
1: not really no no
0: i'm hoping it's not going to affect us this weekend well i've
1: got uh i suppose i booked out the uh booked out i I booked james muscle the very famous and uh very skilled photographer from portrait of a wrestler to come down our wrestling school tomorrow we've got 10 15 lads ready to go for some photos but I spoke to James today, he's not sure we're going to be able to do it. Yeah, he lives
0: down the road. Well, yeah, but I,
1: I don't. And uh, and some of the other lads, like we had young Dan, he was going to come down from Weymouth for it. Um, but anyway, it's going to be absolutely freezing in there. And is it really, work? you know, are we going to just postpone it a few days? But I was really looking forward to tomorrow because I desperately need professional pictures of our guys for promotional material, so... But I'm glad mind. you
0: clarified that with full promotional material, because that could have got you in a lot of trouble as well. Yeah,
1: sure. Well, I probably won't even see them. You'll just send them to all the guys. I like think you're covering for yourself now. Oh, like, oh, yeah. I swear I won't even see him. I won't, oh. even,
0: I won't even touch them. <laughs> I'll like, just hold them on. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested. So, um,
1: yeah, so that could stuff things up. But as of now, anyway,
0: we're, uh, we're okay. Um, and yeah, we've got the cockpit on Sunday, so uh, I'm hoping we'll be able to travel there. But uh, just quickly... On a, uh, on a side note, uh, there has been a couple of times I was saying to my wife earlier about when um, the weather has nearly potentially messed up shows for me. Um, and this isn't the subject of the podcast, but just a couple of tidbits. So there's one time it snowed massively. Um, and I believe the show, uh, it definitely had El Generico on it. Um, and I want to say it was a show with the Young Bucks, El Generico and Paul London, maybe. Okay. Um, and... Uh, or oh, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But it definitely had El Generico on it. And uh, it snowed all week long. And the venue... It was at the Swallows Leisure Centre in Sittingbourne. And the venue had been shut all week. And somehow, some way, on the Saturday, there was a massive rain shower. And it melted all the snow. Oh, thank God. The, ven- the venue was able to reopen. Oh, and right. You give it the all, thank God. But, like, no, I, yeah, if that obviously. show hadn't gone ahead, like... You wouldn't be
1: getting that office you know, this week.
0: We wouldn't be sitting here. I, s- I swear, like, it, w- like the times were different then. Like, it, uh, if a little show went wrong, it could have been catastrophic. So, um, you know, all the flights were booked and paid for. We didn't know the guys were going to be able to make it, but the guys may- made it across on the, f- the plane. They made it across fine. Um, and, uh, and like I say, there was no... Uh, the venue was shut all week long, so we couldn't even talk to someone to say, what are the odds of this show going on? Because we the venue was shut so um, that happened one time um, and the show everything went okay uh, in the end uh, and then there was another time I don't know if you can remember a few years back there was torrential rain um, it was probably about 2012 I, I'm gonna say but there was torrential rain um, and uh, a lot of places been flooded um, and basically the venue again the Swallows Leisure Centre, the Wyvern Hall, Sittingbourne, um the venue flooded and uh and it was when we were there i remember unloading the ring and it just started raining so heavily and uh and, and we were kind of worried about even then because it just the rain just didn't let up um and we were worried about oh are the fans even going to bother coming out because obviously torrential rain um and are you know g- probably going to have to be stood outside for a, a pull in that rain for a portion of that time um and they did they all came out bless them and uh the show happened, but the perhaps the most interesting side of that show actually happening while, um, you know, with that, all that rain was that the actual, the entire venue flooded and electricity went down in the whole venue, apart from the hall where the wrestling was. Oh. So the only place, so the, the only place in that building, so like the leisure centre, the te- like cause we did it in like a kind of function room, I guess, at the side, um, the Wyvern Hall, but like the actual leisure centre, like the tennis courts, the swimming pool, the cafe, all of that area, the power was down for. Um, so someone's been looking over me <laughs> when <laughs> it comes pretty, to weather. That was pretty lucky, so, wasn't it? Yeah. So hopefully the same thing will happen uh This weekend, which uh, I've been looking at weather reports and it looks like we're in for a bit of a a rough time the next couple of days. But um, by Saturday, we should be clearing up. Yeah, I think Sunday uh, even said sun on my
1: iPhone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So let's keep our fingers and toes crossed for that one. Um, Otherwise, we'll have a hell of a story to tell on next week's podcast, (laughs) won't we? Yeah. Um, You'd have had to hand those keys back. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm committed now. Uh, Yeah, You're in. I am. I'm proper committed as well. Good. Um, I'm hashtag all in. Oh, yeah. That's good to know. Okay, so uh, we we have. Let's hit these questions. Let's yeah, get going. let's just let's just get on with it. So, um, how do you want me to do it, Andy? Am I just gonna? Well, yeah, re- you've got them all written down. I've got them written down to an extent. Yep. so we're we'll just we'll try and cover everyone. Anyone who we don't cover, we're very sorry. We'll uh, do it another time. And also,
1: I'd just like to apologize, just in case you've asked some in depth. You know, because we do like to have some sort of um, uh, plan.
0: Context is all. Yeah. So you know, we, my we point is, if someone's
1: to... asked like a real in-depth question and uh, we can't remember specifically, um, maybe we'll cover it We're, another day. Yeah,
0: we can. We can. Yeah, if it's a really good picture,
1: we'll we'll write it down and cover it another day. Yeah. So go on then.
0: Shoot. Okay, I'm going to pick one at random to begin with. Okay. Um, Hit the random button. Okay. So. Uh, okay. So this is a good one. What this is from Simon Marsh. What advice would you give you? If you could go back in time to the day of your first ever show.
1: Okay. What, for me as a wrestler? Well,
0: you can say you for you as a wrestler. Okay. Um, and I can think of...
1: All right. So this is a f- mildly amusing one. The day of my first ever show, I wore trainers. I'd ordered wrestling boots, but they hadn't arrived. So I wore trainers. I wore horrible long white biker shorts and a t-shirt. And I went up to Doug Williams, who was obviously also on the show. And this is the advice I give the young Andy Simmons... Don't ask Doug Williams on your first ever show, what's it like to wrestle in pants? <laughs> so, and that's the, I don't know if Doug still remembers that, but I know that was a bit of a a bit of a gag for a few years after that um, that I was not in on. Like, who's this idiot? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I was just trying to strike up conversation. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so that's the best piece of advice I'd give Doug. And now I wrestle in pants all the time. And it's nothing. you know? Has anyone
0: ever asked you what it's what it's like to wrestle in pants? <laughs> no,
1: they haven't because it's that. Much of a stupid question. Yeah, I was just trying to, I guess, try and talk to the uh, to the seniors, and <laughs> yeah, that's what I came out with. And um, yeah, that's the best piece of advice. I'd uh, that's what I'd give myself the best piece of advice. Now, think of a better question than that. If you, yeah. want, to, if you want to talk to Doug Williams, who who was, you know, he was like the um yeah, the, it's the it's locker pos- room leader. Yeah, Is it's sense.
0: impossible to explain like um, the. Uh, the way we all look, we still do look up to Doug, but I don't think people realise on the level that Doug was looked right. up to. So this is the best way I think I've ever
1: heard it. And it was kind of, not said flippantly, but the, this is the best way I've ever heard it. Anytime you wrestle Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch or Doug Williams, it was like an exam. Okay. okay yeah. So it, are you going to pass this exam? So that is how much they were revered um, in this, you know, in the world now but at the time in the country Uh, yeah so that's the best piece of advice what about you
0: Um, what shall I say from uh, from what perspective I guess
1: as a as a referee I think I think it's a bit more interesting as a performer
0: well as a referee I think that um, my main piece of advice would be uh, to stay still (laughs) 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 I remember like as a referee I used to do a surfboard gimmick um, you know where I'd be surfing backwards and forwards oh yeah yeah but I didn't even realise I was doing it until I kind of well, you watched, watched it back. You, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and I always say to... I say to everyone now, stillness is power. As a referee, you want to be able to give a sense of authority. And if you're stood still on the spot, then you can... You just ha- you just convey more authority and power. Um, and I feel that... Uh, and I feel that as well, the rocking motion side by side may have been a... If it caught your eye... But it just like once I noticed I did it, I couldn't stop looking at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like the most important thing about a referee, which I knew at the time, was to stay out of the way and only be seen when it's time to be seen. Um so I think that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um if I could go back and give myself advice as a as a promoter the first day, it'd probably be don't. Don't <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> uh but there you go. Um so, uh let's uh come here. So are there any good stories that involve a hardcore wrestling mecca that is the tap and tin in Chatham Kent? Um I think I only wrestled there a few times. But well, I remember you were really worried about wrestling there, weren't you?
1: Yeah, because I I was uh I've always been a bit more effective as a heel and you had is this what you're referring to? And you had me as a baby face. And I was just like, I don't connect to this beer drinking audience as a baby face.
0: Yeah, you knew that deep down you were like a posh boy and you didn't want to. Yeah, You knew you, knew you weren't one of I the people. I bet half the audience were all posh boys. but like You
1: weren't one of the lads though, were you? But I was in real life. But like I never really connected. <laughs> you can sit there and roll your eyes. But I had just as much a social life as you did. Uh, <laughs> you see, even though the fact you make me say it makes it sound like a lie. Um so, uh, yeah, I just never did. Like, my act wasn't really ever for that age group. Um, I could go out there and be mean to people and pull faces as, as a bad guy, and it would go down great. But any time I had to... I'm, I'm just a white meat baby face whenever I'm a baby face. I'll co- I'm a mum's and dad's favourite. I'm a I'm an eight to ten-year-old's favourite. But that 18 to 30, till they become parents... I'm just, you know what I think? Not, not my, like it's not a, their things. So. Did you ever
0: watch any of the stuff with Tim Storm in the end, the, the former NWA? <laughs> like, world I watched bits and pieces. I did. Because he's yeah. you over, at, like you, you through and through. Is like, he? Yeah? yeah, as a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I've got, got a, a
1: bit like Keith Meyer. He had another run in his fifties. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. maybe yeah. you
0: do. Yeah. Maybe you do. And for me, uh, well, with those tap and tin shows, I don't think I could do many more because I, I, I look back at them and there was so much stuff. It, it was very reminiscent of a time of life we were living. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like we were young adults growing up in a in an MTV world where the, you know, post attitude era mm. where we thought we could swear and we thought we could get drunk and not that there's anything wrong with any of those things, but um but you know, as a as a eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one year old, you know You're trying to be cutting edge. Yeah, but really, I look back and it was... just uh, a bit cringy, isn't it? Yeah.
1: and but, but at the time, if we'd watched it the following day, we'd have gone, yeah, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, so I, I completely agree. It's probably not cringy. I, comple-
0: I completely agree. Um, and I think that it'd be interesting if we were to do shows there again to see how we'd do them. Because I think we could still do them in an 18-plus environment and still have the same amount of fun we had. But obviously, um, we didn't care about... Um, you know, we didn't care about about towing the line so to speak you know we didn't care about if people w- would we didn't take into account people's feelings was quite vulgar wasn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah and
1: uh to be fair i said i didn't go to many
0: so and uh yeah so i think that was probably my big takeaway from those shows um, but they were a hell of a lot of fun i used to really enjoy them um and uh and i remember being bullied into drinking alcohol by the crowd i remember one show i would got so drunk before uh yeah, before intermission just by a uh, do you remember it was a time when uh do you remember icing you get iced when someone comes behind you right. and they, well you, you don't see the bottle of smirnoff ice they put down a bottle of smirnoff ice somewhere and then you turn you see the bottle of smirnoff ice and you've been iced and you have to down the bottle okay so that happened to me <laughs> um <laughs> There, yeah. Someone, okay. I think it was like Chris Hatch, bought a S- Smirnoff Ice and placed it behind me as I was ring announcing. And I turned around and everyone was like, oh, you got iced. <laughs> okay. Right? No, I'd never and, heard um, that ever. No. Yeah. And you had to go down on one knee and down it. Um, so that happened. There's a connoisseur of uh, Smirnoff Ice. You're it like, sounds like you're a great just, uh, game, actually, yeah. Um, uh, so that happened. Uh, I think someone bought me like a massive shot um, like the fans were just passing drinks to me, and I just remember the intermission for that show. I thought the intermission went about five <laughs> minutes, but it actually went like forty-five minutes because <laughs> I was so drunk and I had no concept of time. So, um, so yeah, but it was always a good time. Uh, another time uh, from a tap and tin, I was again drunk. Uh, I lost my keys to get into my house, but it was like a, it was when I lived in. Christ. Remember when I lived in Port Solent? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, And you had to have a fob to get in. <laughs> okay and we could like so me and my housemate we had to share the fob from that point forward because i'd lost mine because i was <laughs> drunk at tap and tin. so uh yeah it was a good time overall um so something that definitely i look back on fondly um and uh, and yeah something that i you know like i say it'd be very interesting to go back there in uh, 2018 and uh, look at <laughs> running an 18 plus show uh whilst trying not to upset anyone... Yeah, and not being still particularly having, like sympathetic, was yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, and still having a good time, you know. Because um, that's that's what those shows were all about, you know. Um, and also, there was a lot of wrestling on the shows that I don't agree with now as well. So, like, you know, back in the day, like, I wouldn't have any qualms about light tubes, any qualms about barbed wire, any qualms about fire. And now I look back and I'm just like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, And, and people can have their own opinion on it, and that's absolutely fine. But for me wrestling's already a risky business why add any more elements of risk that can't be controlled Um, and um, and for me I just wouldn't do that anymore Um, but that's just I think that's more of a that's more me growing up and uh, and having more of a uh, a sense of fear than ever before and also
1: like maybe part of that as well you got it out of your system so yeah maybe you know like where you were promoting events at a a young age we sort of grew up (laughs) maybe not being big ECW fans, but like everyone was obviously very aware of ECW. So we got it out of our system. um, Rather than other promoters, maybe in their thirties and forties, still feel it's a big thing. Yeah. But you've done it. And then, you know,
0: and I'm over it and you're over it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there you go. Um, What style of wrestling would you say interests you both the most?
1: Um, I guess to watch. Yeah. To watch. uh, okay. Have you got an answer? In answer instantly.
0: Well, for me, what I would say is, uh, it depends what day you ask me, mm. because I appreciate so many different styles of wrestling. Um, at the moment, I'm big into like the technical style of wrestling. I love uh, what Zack Saber Junior is doing at the moment. I love his the way he methodically breaks down a body and just the way he's very much. We say it all the time, it's a human torture device, but I just, uh, I enjoy that technical style of wrestling. Um, I also really enjoy flips. I love flashy wrestling, Mm. you know. Um, That used to be a joke with everyone, used to be like, oh, if you can do a flip, you're in. You know, we always used to... I always remember that started as a bit of a joke from you.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I booked this guy. Might have even been Ricochet. No, I think it was actually
0: <coughs> a pack. It Was, a was it Pack? Yeah, and then, like, so Pack was my first guy who uh, was a real, uh, shall we say, flippy guy. I was amazed just by what he could do. He's obviously a very special talent. Um, and then from that point, I remember even saying to saying to him, like, have you got any of your backyard mates who we can bring in? And I met a few of them as well. Um, because I like, you know, just that style of wrestling, which is a lot more popularized now. Um, but, yeah, and, um, and then, like, uh, with the other guys, yeah. If if they could do something, it, it, again, yes, Ricochet got in because he could do some cool flips originally, but he kept coming back because he could back it up with, maybe, with great wrestling. Maybe you told me about um,
1: him before you'd booked him, or someone. But yeah,
0: but like what I'd say if it's for unknown unknown wrestlers, um, so for example, at the time Ricochet, or like when I first saw Flip Gordon, or when I first saw Pac, or you know, at the time when they first came in they might not have been household names, but they did something to get my attention. Like, you know, and we can say that f- those flippy moves or whatever to get my attention um, because it was that one thing that stood out from them that no one else could do. So that made them unique and that made me want to to use them. So, um, because to me, like, and I don't think every single match should be like a, uh, should be all acrobatic. I, I'm a big advocate of all different styles of wrestling. But um, for me, um I would always think, like, if you saw Will Osprey versus Ricochet as an example, there's no way, it doesn't matter kind of where you are, there's no way you're not going to stop and just watch it for a second. Do you know what I mean? It's going to grab your attention. Yeah. Um, and I think it was proven by that Best of Super Juniors match they had going viral and news stations around the world covering it, you know.
1: Well, I think to the show we ran at Southampton, where...
0: Did they, they wrestled each other there? Yeah, they wrestled each other at Southampton. And to me, right, so i probably make match, the same point, but, right, go on. but I think that's the best match they've had, right? And that might be controversial because they've had some amazing matches. But The reason why I think that's the best match they've had is because the crowd was entirely 100% uh, casual WWE fans. Is the way I'd kind of Th- yeah, you're gonna make the same point. Towards. I was gonna like yeah.
1: they, they they were converted um, for that match. So yeah. They'd come to they see Bret Hart. They came yeah. to see John Morrison, uh, and they went there, and the place was going bananas.
0: Yeah, and they and during and, and they came when they came out. They never got any reaction at all, but by the end of the match, the entire crowd were on their feet, and I think that for me sums up that style of wrestling. So, it used to be a gag, yeah. He oh, he just likes people. He could oh, you can do a flip his in, do you know. It was a bit of a gag. Yeah. However, you had to be able to back it up, like because the thing with the thing with Neville, the thing with Ricochet, the thing with Will Ospreay, is the the flips were just a part of their act, you know. Um, and, uh, and I think that's what a lot of people fail to realise. A lot of people think, if I can just get this one move, it's going to be, you know. Yeah, well, we hear that a lot, don't we? You know, guys come
1: in and they'll, uh, you know, come to the training school. The wrestling is very, very good wrestlers. And they'll, they will get so cross with themselves because they can't do this particular move. And they think that's, the, that's going to solve all of their problems. You know, if I can do this one move, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a world beater.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, do
1: you know what my favourite style of wrestling is? Go on. Two fat men running into each other really hard. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, th- that's goes with me ladies, doesn't it? Pardon? What? <laughs> 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 no. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, a couple of years ago, we went to an evening with William Regal in London, didn't we? And he said, yeah. and he just said, don't, don't ever forget what entertained you as a child was kind of really what his point was. Those, those, I don't think those were his exact words. But um, I, n- I never have, and it's almost like I've never really grown out of that style, that, I guess, that heavyweight, um, WWF early 90s style. So I watch... A lot of people my age say this, who have the WWE Network or even YouTube. They say, oh, you know, I watch a lot of the stuff in the 80s and 90s, and that, to me, that'll always be my go-to uh, you know, if I've got a spare 10 minutes before my son has to put the PlayStation on for four hours and stuff like that, I will just pull up probably SummerSlam 1990 and watch Andre the Giant versus Andre the Giant, Akeem and the Big Boss Man as a six. I think that was SummerSlam 89. At least they
0: were more exciting than. Uh the Daddy and Haystacks matches.
1: Yeah, but even that, I I you don't. You liked f- that, did you? Well, I don't. Know if I
0: liked it, but it didn't offend me. Yeah.
1: Like I can remember, Alex like
0: Shane, I was kind of offended by it because. I, but do you know why I was? And I can say you say I remember you saying like you you started to talk about Alex there. But I bet you I know why Alex Sh- Alex was offended by it. Okay. Because as someone who's trying to present a progressive style of wrestling, what's really annoying is that we spend our whole lives trying to be. The first question you get asked, I swear, even two thousand eighteen. No, right. yeah, yeah. First question you get asked. Oh, like Big Daddy and giant haystacks? No, not like Big Daddy and giant haystacks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, but then
1: I don't know. The I just think there's always going to be that argument that Big Daddy and giant haystacks. I don't know if they sold it out, but they must have at least seated three or four thousand people at, Wem- at least at Wembley. So, and
0: I and I agree. There's a there's a place for that, and I I completely agree. But I don't. I just personally don't. I think if you do it once, that's one thing. But to keep doing it, I think it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's probably a conversation for another time. And you you know, to say Big Daddy um, destroyed British wrestling, or oh, I disagree
0: with that. That's again, it's another topic for another time. I disagree with that completely. He he didn't. He he was a big draw. And I like without Big Daddy, would we have had the the? Would we even be talking
1: about British wrestling? You know? Yeah,
0: I'm I'm a big advocate for um for Big Daddy being in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, which I don't think anyone many more many people are. So I think. Well, he has been the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, well, maybe, yeah. He might well be one day. Um, but I, my thoughts with it are that, like, I, I don't think people realise. So, despite the fact, so I've heard, like, for example, Dave Meltzer's arguments against it, saying, "Well, well, they did these shows uh, in front of uh, how whatever, however many people." Um, I don't think he realises the like, significance of how small the United Kingdom is. How many shows? were actually running during that time, headlined by Big Daddy and selling out and selling out on the return trips. You know, the the UK is so small compared to the United States. Oh, Was it like half the size of the, Texas? Or something yeah, like that? exactly. Right. So yeah. uh, it is so small that it's so impressive. It's different. It's not like you're going from, you know, one side of America to another or, you know, like from town to town in America where there's such a distance between them. The proximity of the shows was so close, yet he was able to sell out in those specific places. So, I think that, to me, d- deserves more credit. Yeah. And, he d- and he had
1: his own annual. So, Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's it.
0: End of say,
1: end of discussion. Hulk Hogan didn't have his own annual. There was a WWF annual, but he didn't have his own annual.
0: Um. So, next question. Okay, let's go. When did Zack Saber Jr. win the Bun Leisure title? Uh, <laughs> so <that's laughs> a, a so basically yeah this is a funny story yeah so uh, someone's got eagle eyes so uh, yeah and uh, so basically um, what happened was um, the the undisputed British heavyweight championship somehow was left at the London Cockpit <laughs> last month um, and uh, the London Cockpit neglected to uh, tell us <laughs> that that had happened so we couldn't retrieve it so. Zach assumed that we had the belt, and we assumed Zach had the belt, and then he got to the hall and asked for the belt, and uh, we were like, no, you've got it, and he's like, no, you've got it, and then we called up the London cockpit, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got it. We were going to let you know, but we just forgot. All oh, right, That's a good. it's <laughs> so, uh, good as Zach. So, um, so what we did, as all good pros do, we uh, just improvised. Well, you know what you're going to so, have to do now.
1: What? Well, you're going to have to get Zach to pay a
0: $25,000 deposit. I think, like we're gonna have to. I think that's the only. I think that's the only like way Rick around, this, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, so yeah. So that's. We uh, improvised. So we improvised. And we used uh, we used ourselves the heavyweight championship belt. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, um, it's essentially um, it's the exact same belt as the um, as a Revolution Pro Wrestling heavyweight championship in terms of look, um, but the Bun Leisure logo. is not a sticker. It's actually been engraved on. Um, where the world, where the globe is, because a of logo's round, we've uh, we've had that engraved onto that that belt. So, um, but it would have been very hard to <coughs> notice that. But someone's obviously <laughs> managed to. Because um, me even knowing it, I was like, uh, I was looking at the belt, like on the on the screen when I was doing commentary, and I was like, oh, you can't really tell. And uh, someone's obviously noticed. She can, um, yeah. Chris Roberts did some things which we, you know, I was just like, put the belt like so. So he lifted it up and showed it. So absolutely fine. Then he puts the belt face up. I'm like, why would you put the belt face yeah. up? Just put it face down. Sure. No one's gonna, you know. But whatever. Anyway, um, so that happens. There's a there's a little bit of insight to you and to all you people who spotted that. So Where's
1: the belt now? We'll pick Field it up.
0: Hall. No, we'll. Pi- oh, it's still it. Of course, it it's here. It's the cockpit, so we pick it up on a uh, on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, and uh, okay. and we collect Zach's deposit then as well. Good idea. Okay, um, so. Uh, let's have a look at some more questions Um, um, Ashley McGee wrote I'm good thanks Um, Revolution Pro Wrestling replies good to hear and Ashley McGee replied do one thanks Ashley you're a pleasant individual aren't you (laughs) god those are the type of
1: people we like Um, what about um, Daryl Allen had a question uh, the big fan Yes, Big he did, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big, yeah. Almost like a, he, he looks up to you, right? Idolises you as his trainer as and he should. Um, his mentor. So like the way you used to look at to Doug Williams, Daryl Allen looks to to you. Yeah, too right. It just it just follows on nicely because you talk about
1: Bun Leisure, which is obviously a holiday camp. However, he gave so. you quite a
0: kick in the other day, didn't he? Oh, yeah. So he's got two parts to his question. Um, and you've, you've really put me on the spot here because I've copied and pasted them all okay um, well should I dig it up on my Twitter or you just can dig it up it on your forward. Twitter um, so you've really ruined this haven't you you ruined the continuity well, I just of thought it well I just I thought just it just continued quite
1: nicely so hold on let me get my notifications up okay sorry we're okay, just okay, filling for so time here filling for time <laughs> Daryl um, said at Dazzler Rest. what are your top
0: three holiday camps to work and why oh and how's your face after the belt incident two weeks ago? Sorry. So, should we explain the belt incident first?
1: Yeah, we'll do the belt incident first. So, um, I think it's quite fashionable uh, for wrestlers now to wear a real, a real belt uh, with their tight lycra trousers. I, be- I The first person I think I remember seeing doing it, I think Will Ospreay does it. Would that be Ricochet does it. it? Ricochet does Ricochet it. Ricochet yeah. does it. Um, so, anyway, uh, Daryl was um, on this show with me for Premier Promotions a couple of weeks ago. And I didn't even think anything of it, but he put his belt on. And he, it was kind of ones that got, um, like, not sharp, but they're quite wide. They're like pyramid metal, metal pyramid studs all the way around it. And uh, he jumped out the ring at me to do a dive. And it clocked me so hard on the nose. I swore at him there and then. It hurt that much. And Steve Gray, who was the referee, goes, cool, What happened to you? And my nose was uh, sorry. My lip was bleeding. I thought oh, I've had that a million times. That's no big deal. It just kind of adds to the, adds to the drama. So I then then I get we get back to the change room. That was kind of the end of it. And I was getting changed. I looked in the mirror and I realised my nose was like, all bloody, like really really bloody, and it was really really sore. So and still two weeks on, I, I replied Daryl um, with this tweet: How I've got like little pockets of blood in my <clears throat> in my paws still. So it looks like I've got loads of blackheads in my nose, but they're not. It's actually dried red blood. So uh, that's how my nose is, Daryl. Not broken, but incredibly sore. Uh, my three favourite camps to work at, certainly top one being Bun Leisure. Uh, since you took it over, uh, you know, Brian Dixon was, when Brian was running it, uh, the rumours were coming out that they had to get the bar staff to sit in the crowd just to
0: make a crowd. Yeah so. that was uh, yeah that's what I was told when they came in and uh, and they also used to use like an old boxing ring that they used to store at the venue so none of the boys however good they were who wrestled there could even do any could t- even take any real bumps really and the the show was almost an afterthought for them yeah. um, and it was just to me it typified what wrestling was in those days uh, when well, I say in those days but you know the same just uh that ado attitude uh, of british yeah, it was just taken for granted wasn't yeah. it you know, um and uh, and when i came in so they saw an advert in the paper that i did for a show in in bogner with uh, um scotty Too hotty yeah and they they asked to come and watch the show they saw it and they saw the new style of wrestling that you know this you know really it, it all started you know, back in the early two thousands you know, with FWA and whatever and um the shows we were running were kind of akin to those, you know, um in, in terms of style. Um and I think it was the first time I'd ever seen it's probably the first time I'd ever seen any kind of um thing athletic in a show, you know. Yeah. Um and kind of it it took off from there and uh, when we built up being, I think one big fact about the park is there's 75% owners there, so people see the same wrestlers every week, and they see. But like, if you're presenting the same show every single week, they've seen it. They've seen it. So four hundred times. Do you know what I mean? So we put original shows on there. You never see the same show twice, um, and we build up characters who. Um, you know, the wrestlers know. So when your music plays now, people know who you are, right? And I <coughs> I dare say that that's
1: where Lord Gideon Grey actually really started to perfect his act.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Was there. I completely agree with that. Yeah.
1: Um, so, uh, so th- again, that's the power of the holiday camps, you know, wrestling in front of large audiences who are there, they play along. You know, they're not there to sort of uh, be impressed, to clap along. And I don't mean that sort of like sarcastically. They're just, they're there to have a good time. They're let loose. They're not really even wrestling fans. They're like, Oh, every nine-year-old boy will watch a wrestling show, you know. So, my point is, it's full of families. They're there. Lord Gideon Gray's been practicing his microphone work there. That's what's turned him into the great wrestler. Um, I believe he is, anyway. So, uh, Bun Leisure is number one. Number two... Uh, God.
0: Is it Devon Cliffs, is that a good one? Devin Cliffs is a good one. Yeah,
1: yeah Devin Cliffs is a very good one. I remember that. Uh, and... um he was, he was just big he was just like probably about the same size as Bun Leisure I reckon yeah but uh, yeah Devon so Clif-
0: all the seats are yeah it's on tier yeah, yeah, so yeah it's sort kind of, of
1: tiered f- and um, yeah I don't really have any sort of good stuff that's the first time I actually ever wore pants was that <laughs> Devon Cliffs <laughs> so there you go there you go see so that connects that story and the third third uh, favourite park uh, which I, I say this half sarcastically, is a camp called Wild Duck in um, I believe it's Great Yarmouth and I'll tell you why because i was contacted by johnny storm he said to me oh would you uh oh do you want to do a, a week of camps and i was probably like yeah just desperate to get out of the house so um this is about five six no it wasn't 2009 nearly 10 years ago so um so anyway we do this show and johnny we uh i'd wrestled johnny i'm sat in change getting changed johnny says to me oh andy there's a girl out there that wants to meet you so i was just like oh i'm not interested johnny Like. And he's like, no, 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 come out. You should talk to her. You should talk to her. So anyway, come out, say hello. I think she brought a picture off me. And we swapped numbers. And I, this girl ended up becoming my girlfriend for a couple of years. <gasps> I know. And then... How did that one end? <laughs> not well at all. So, um, but I'll tell you why Wild Duck is still funny remembered. Uh, so, um, so this girl, I, obviously I can't name her, but she was a thief. She was a liar. What, Vicky? <laughs> <laughs> She was just not a good person. Um, the, it was just like one of those things. Sometimes I look back and I go, I wish I I wish I was more persistent with Johnny to just leave me alone. Like, I'm not interested. But, do you know what Vicky brought into my life? Well, you, you do know, but you might not know what I'm referring to. Rocky. Rocky, my dog. So, if I had been persistent to said, said, I'm not interested in going to talk to this girl, I wouldn't have my little chihuahua who lives with me. <laughs> so, uh, that's why Wild Duck, despite two years of pure Torment. misery and... <laughs> <coughs> misery and torture and torment, I uh, I wouldn't have Rocky. So, so in the go. end,
0: it was all worth it. The cloud had a silver lining. Oh, yeah. So. Lovely. Right. Um, why did you never return to the Southampton Guild Hall? <sighs> was it because the venue is poorly managed by Live Nation and O2? In that a sounds word, like a man who knows. <laughs> yeah. In a word, yes. <laughs> yes. It was... Uh, um, i it's a story for another day but um yeah the we've never seen anything like it in our lives in terms of uh the the way it is managed and uh for example, this is just one example of that i I'll, I'll give um we did uh we were setting up the the ring and they they were asking questions about the ring and how how much the ring weighs and how many people the ring can hold um and then it's just like well, that's no good. It's no good for here. It's like, well, why not? And why are you telling us now, like on the day we've set it up? and sort get another ring out at the back of our band to the show, yeah. right? And it's just like, it'll go through the floor. And I'm like, it won't. And I said, you've had ring sport here before, haven't you? You've had wrestling here before. You've had boxing here before. And they're like, yep. And I'm like, well, it be fine then. I'm like, no, nah, this is different. I'm like, how's it different? Right? It's like, well, it just is. Just is not like rings we've seen before. It's a standard wrestling ring. It was a, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And this uh, is coming from a
1: guy who, when we went for the initial meeting, he said, because Brian Dixon used to run there regularly, he did nothing but slate Brian Dixon. Yeah. Said how all he was interested in he was selling his toys. Yeah. He brought a sound system where he literally put the microphone up against the speakers of a of a tape deck essentially. Yeah. And buried the guy. We've sold seven hundred tickets. We've done a massive advertising campaign through the radio. We brought Brett, the Hitman Hart, who that man might not be familiar with, but like he's a big deal in our. It was a very, it was
0: a very high quality show. Yeah. And uh, and and there's a hundred percent care and commitment to everything we've done. Um. And you know. Uh. and, And then he's like, uh, well, this is a sprung floor. You know, the the floor of this the the venue. So, you know, I said. You've never done a show with a sprung bro- floor before. Do you know where it's got a sprung floor? <laughs> Tell me. You'll cool. call. Yeah. Where we run shows all the time. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine, mate. He's like, how do you know, you psychic? It's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. And like, so the show was threatened to be shut down before it started. They sat over us the whole show and like... Uh, they wanted to charge us, uh, I think it was like a £1,000 if we were ever going to release a footage of the, the show, which is why the footage has never been released of that show. Um, it was just an absolute joke, you know. You'd, you'd think that they'd be happy that we have filled their venue um, and would do it again. And the, the, the worst thing for me about that whole situation was... Um, the show was kind of set up in the same way um, the York Hall shows were set up in the sense of we were spending big money in the first, we planned like two, three shows, we were spending big money on, you know, to, you know, big WWE stars to come in and, and fill the building. And then by the end of it, by the end of those two free shows, would then have a loyal fan base. So now the fan base that came to see Bret Hart, um, or, you know, if we're using the the Yule Call analogy, that came to see Bret Hart, that came to see Sting, would then come to pay to see Will Ospreay, to pay to see Marty Scull, to pay to see whoever else, Flash Morgan Webster, Zack Sabre Jr., you know, whoever else. And as you said, and as we alluded to earlier on in this podcast, um, that's matched between... Um, Will Ospreay and Ricochet, I think that opened a lot of people's eyes, right? And um, and I think all of those people left being fans of Will Ospreay and Ricochet. And I think all of those people would have paid good money to see them wrestle again.
1: And they're probably, they're, you know, there's probably several thousand people in Southampton who would have heard about the show as well, you know, on top of the people that actually yeah, went. absolutely. Probably going, cool, oh, we'll, we'll go to the next one and we've not been able to do one. So,
0: yeah. so. But. Yeah, you know
1: that's just hard. That's not even a chunk. That's, of the not, story, that's not even so. yeah.
0: That's just scratching the surface. And and one day we could probably do a full, episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, do we uh, could do the whole we could weekend? Do, actually. Yeah, it's good weekend. Um, don't rule, so uh, so yeah. But there you go. That's why we've not we've <coughs> not gone back to the uh, the O2. Uh, and yeah, someone someone said like they don't uh, they don't own or operate any venues. They sponsor them. It's Live Nation who operate the venues. so It's an uh, O2 sponsor the Guildhall and Live Nation sponsor them. They also tried to sabotage later, sabotage our relationship with the Portsmouth Guildhall as well. Um, So, (laughs) which obviously didn't work and we have a very good relationship with the Portsmouth Guildhall. But there's another example of uh, (laughs) what lovely people they were. Um, So, uh, let's go on to another one. Um... Are there any plans to bring more NJPW stars not often seen in RPW shows such as Taiichi Takamishinoku, Chase Owens, Hiromu Takahashi? And is it possible to get Kenny Omega back? Well, Hiromu Takahashi's actually been over quite a bit. I think last year he was over at least twice. He was over for the British J-Cup weekend and was he over for Global Wars? Or was yeah. he over a set? No, he, worked, he wrestled Marty Skull at like the Epic Encounter show maybe he's been over at least twice last year um in answer to your question the the names like taiichi takamishinoku chase owens they'll be guys who would be more of an addition to a global war show than a standalone um you know come in and you know bring two new japan guys over um so there's always a chance to to see those guys um and yes there's plans to bring more in um as we've discussed time and time again, we've got a great relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and in terms of Kenny Omega, absolutely, it's just a case of scheduling. And that's what we say with a lot of things. These guys, you have to remember that they're working for the second biggest wrestling company in the entire world. Um, they're so in demand, and it's a privilege that we're able to get them <laughs> at all. So um, it's just very difficult, you know, they're, they're in demand. Um, so um, we hope, we hope you'll see him again. In the very near future. So we're working on it. Um, Do you allow wrestlers who train at RevPro to create their own gimmicks or do you choose them for them? It just
1: depends who it is, isn't it? So Lord Gideon Grey came with us with Lord Gideon Grey. Did he? Yeah. Okay. 100%. I think
0: <laughs> I just remember he was like a snobby-looking person, and
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he came up with that. We came up with, um, I believe, the man who now wrestles as Psycho Phillips. I pictured him as nails, yeah, with the old, which you know people couldn't sort
0: talk. Of but like I, so, Shit 90s, 90s so gimmicks, let me but. so like so with with Psycho Phillips, I thought that was an interesting one because, and I kind of explained to him. And if you remember, like it's crazy when you think how how far he's come, and he's actually. I, I saw him wrestle. He's over one of your Christmas. new favourites, actually. Yeah, I saw him wrestle over Christmas. He's a like he did a couple of shows for me over Christmas, and he's a hell of a hand now. And I think, I genuinely believe that you know, given the right opportunities, he's going to be someone that people were talking about um, in the future. Um, and uh, he is uh, so when he started wrestling in the, the orange jumpsuit, he just needed a gimmick. He needed something like in wrestling. Uh, a lot of the time, wrestlers just need something to to sink their. Um, S- like imagination, isn't it? You know, get, you but know, like, it. you can't like, without any direction, you're not going to be able to achieve anything, right? So like, you know, you can wander around aimlessly, and people is, like, you know, just try something out, see what happens, right? And with with Psycho Phillips when he first started, it was like the orange jumpsuit, and yeah, and like you said, like some people were like, "Ooh, nails, whatever," like nineties WWE gimmick, but it gave him something which was so easy because it's so it was so simple to be like, this guy's an ex-con, he's crazy. I'm spelling it out for the audience, whilst he worked out what the character was, right? And now he can just wrestle in trunks and boots because he has got a stronger grasp of the character. But his job in learning that character was a lot easier when he was in that jumpsuit. If he'd come out in trunks and boots, would he ever have been able to find a character? Maybe eventually, but yeah, not as quickly. It'd have been a lot longer. You know? um, so, and I think that uh, you know a lot of people... I think, don't realise that we have their best interests at heart. Yeah. You know, it's almost like we want to sabotage people or whatever. Um, you know, we, we never give someone a gimmick which isn't any good. Um, and we're always saying to people, come to us with something. But it has to have substance to it. You know, you can't just come out and be like...
1: I think I should I win know. the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, That's right. My gimmick. Yeah. Um, so Mark Sloan, for example, I'm a prime example of that. Mark Sloan, none of us had characters, none of us had gimmicks. Um... And then Alex Shane gave me a gimmick that was a success um on the shows that Alex ran. And through that my confidence shot through the roof and then I was able to to get rid of that gimmick and then move on and you know, out of everyone at the wrestling school I trained with, I'm the only one still wrestling nearly twenty years later. So, you know, I'll put that down to Oh well maybe if I hadn't have done that butler thing, well You it? might
0: never have found yourself. Yeah. You might have never have got any confidence. I might have just and,
1: been a And that was something you didn't want to do at the time as well. Oh, right? I couldn't I couldn't think of anything worse, but I I knew that I had to do something, because I was going nowhere. So, yeah, that's it. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't.
0: Um, okay. Uh, Andy Q, you said on a previous podcast... Oh, here we go. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I hmm. uh, hate being held accountable for my own words. Um, you don't think there's a wrestling boom over here and it's more a case of select few companies doing well. With this in mind, have there been any instances where you think, in hindsight, you are overly cautious and should have taken advantage of a booking or a particular situation that could have raised the profile of RevPro? Um, so, I'm going to say, first of all, I should have booked bigger venues sooner. Um, I felt that York Hall was unattainable, um, as an example. Um, and everyone else, everyone else around me, told me it was unattainable. Therefore, I believed it was unattainable. Um, and then, when I did the first one, it was like this might be attainable. Then people around me told me the second one wouldn't be attainable, but no one would turn up, right? And uh, and Bret Hart,
1: they've seen a million times. Bret Hart a Japanese guy. Yeah, no one's ever heard that's, of. That's a direct quote. I think we've quoted that. On yeah, here we've before. quoted that on <laughs> here before.
0: Um, but it grew from there. And, and like, very much in similar vein to what you were saying about, um, you know, the wrestling character. Um, if you didn't do that character, you wouldn't have had the confidence to go on and do other stuff. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have the confidence to go on and do other stuff, you know. Yeah. Put myself out there, put myself on the line. Um, so in answer to that, I believe I would have done those bigger venues sooner. Um, I also believe, um, and I look, can look back at it now easily with hindsight and say I made mistakes, but I believe Kurt Angle versus Zack Sabre Jr. I believe Rey Mysterio versus Marty Skull, I believe Vader versus Will Ospreay. Those three shows could have all sold way more tickets in a bigger venue. Um, so uh, um, so I think that for me, I would definitely have run those shows in in, in larger venues Um And I think that that, you know, to me now, that is also something that I'm eternally struggling with because I'm like, now if I run a bigger venue, do I need to find something which is comparable to Zack Sabre Jr. and Kurt Angle? Or is the interest there? Or will just doing the bigger venue alone be enough to generate the... the you know, extra interest in the show to for fans to come to the show. So that's a that's a struggle. Yes, yeah, it's like I have. it's like you've already you've
1: you you may have sent your you know with everyone kind of getting really swallowed up by WWE now. You know, your Kurt Angles, your Rey Mysterios, everyone's going back. Those casuals who might not be coming to see Kurt Angle versus Zach Sabre, they might just be coming because Kurt Angle's on the show. Kurt Angle's not available anymore. You know, and you know those real superstar guys who are still available they're becoming a bit more few and far between yeah and but the American superstars are becoming a bit yeah, more few and far
0: between um, but um, so, I, so I think that would have definitely raised a profile um, and just putting myself out there more like I think like for a long time uh, I'm and still to this day, really, like I'm kind of almost, I don't want to say embarrassed about success, but I don't like, even doing this podcast, I was worried, you know, are people are going to be like, oh, what, what have these guys got to say? Or what have these guys got to contribute? Or, you know, who do these guys think they are to have an opinion? Because that's, you know, very much a, where we've, you know, the product of our environment we've Could come from. Yeah. Um, but um, I think just having more confidence in, in myself and putting myself out there more as well. Um, and I'm hoping I'm going to be able to uh, push myself more to do that, put myself out there more in the future. Um, So, um, so yeah, I, I I don't regret anything I've ever done. I, I don't look back and be like, oh, that was a real missed opportunity. But like in hindsight, if I were to look back and you were to ask me to analyze something and say, if you were to do something differently, that's probably bigger bigger venues. Yeah. Um, Bigger venues equal bigger offices. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I just want a bigger office. Uh, any plans to make shows on RPW it makes shows on RPW haven't have a download function for fans that keep up with the shows but not always by the DVDs. Um Pivot Share enables you to give a download option. That's correct, yes. Um so the most recent shows all have download options. Options on RPWOnDemand.com, so you can buy them and download them. Um, the full catalog hasn't yet, and that's purely because of the time thing. We've said um, we've said a lot that um, uh, we've uh, yeah we've said a lot that um, this is a small team to literally go through each title and give it a download option takes a little bit of time, not a lot of time. Granted, however, you have to put always I always say because it's such a small Uh-oh. business. I have to put, for, like I've got to do the small thing, you know, certain things first. So my priority may be getting a contract signed for the next dual call show, or it might be, um, you know, booking wrestlers travel. Or
1: many, many hands make light work. So they do. With, but too, many, more coo- hands coming too in.
0: many cooks spoil the broth. <laughs> yeah, so oof. it's about getting that balance right, isn't it? Sure. So, um, But obviously, as we stated at the top of this, we are looking to expand. We have an office now. We have people working on, for us now. So hopefully we'll get bigger, better, stronger, badder, whatever have you. Okay, so okay. I've
1: got actually got a question for you. Go on then. So we've we're gonna we're running out of time. Yeah. You've got to find the best question. The best question. So the question is,
0: can you find the best question to finish up nah, on No we can just uh quickly brush through some nah. uh We haven't got time. Well I I've, I've got a good one here. Okay, go on. Andy, why are all of the titles always the undisputed? Okay. That's from Adrian He's asked that before, actually. Good question, Adrian. I'm not disputing them. Are you, Andy? I've never disputed it in my life. That's why they're undisputed. Yeah. Have um, you, I'd like to hear if Adrian disputes um, it. Uh, but in all seriousness, I always believe... I, I kind of grew up, a, you know, like boxing, the undisputed heavyweight champion. I don't like, you know, like... Remember, there's like all these different boxing... Like, yeah, you know, like there's so many different versions of the heavyweight belt, but I always remember, like, when there's an undisputed British heavyweight champion, it means more. And when, um, uh, when WWE, you know, they had the undisputed championship, all the UFC championships, the undisputed championship, we're not disputing that they're the champion, you know, they are the best wrestler in Britain, they are the best wrestler in the best tag team in Britain, you know, that's that's where the undisputed phrase comes from. It's uh, marketing, isn't it? it sounds good and. Absolutely. Um, I'm not denying the existence of other wrestling promotions, but I'm just ignoring their championships. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Fair. Um, here's a good one, and I'm going to give this to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the most justified criticism that you've received recently? Bearing in mind the term justified criticism uh, that you've received recently. Oh, bloody hell. Well, people don't criticize me, do they? Too scared. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know. It, I, I'm i not... I don't really do enough outside of the things that I'm involved in for people to criticise me. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, whether, I, whether I'm running a, a show somewhere or whether I'm wrestling... So, I, don't, I can't think of anything. See, th- this is this is a bad one to end on because I started with I'm really sorry if... Because we haven't really prepared for this. Yeah. So I wish I had a good answer for that. And maybe I'll come back next week and go, here's one so
0: so for me personally i can't think of anything off the top of my head as well um but um oh wait oh oh wait
1: actually john Fremantle said we did too much in our tag match oh
0: really which
1: you know in hindsight he's absolutely he, he was absolutely right but sometimes where where i'm wrestling younger guys i don't feel like i want to be that you know that old man who's like, no, we're doing too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're second on the bill. So I, I completely take back what I just said, because, yeah, this is a good answer, is, uh, and I find this wrestling, our, our lads from the school, is they, they want to throw everything in it, everything in their match. They want their 15 minutes to show off. And when they're wrestling me, I have that experience. I understand what a second match needs. I understand what a main event match needs, um, at least on a local level. Okay, I'm not saying I'm the best wrestler in the world. But when I'm when I'm wrestling these young kids... They want to do everything. And I'm like So so when we when I let them do it, I'm like, alright, that's what you want to do, boys, let's do it. We go out there and do it. And then the promoter, who is really one of the first people you should be worrying about impressing, yeah. um, is not yourself, believe it or not. It's not about your video cameras, or it's not about um what you think of the match, it's what obviously your audience thinks and what your what your boss thinks for the night. And he came back, he said he said it was uh he was like, "Good match. I like, really enjoyed the match, but I just think you did way too much." And then I felt that little bit justified. Yeah, b- right. <laughs> because I <'Cause> was like, <laughs> I, I didn't even say it to the lads, but I kind of wanted to say, "I told you so."
0: Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a big thing as well, and and, and it's almost like a, you don't want to have that reputation of being the guy that doesn't want to do anything. Right. Um, but like sometimes you have to learn by doing. And I think that may have been an example there for the guys you were wrestling with, Um, you know, you learn by doing, you learn that, yeah, that was too much. Um, And I think that you can only get that through experience. And I understand that you want to get, when you're you're breaking in, you want to do everything you can to impress, and you want to do everything, but you need to learn to pick your moments and make everything you do mean something. Um, You don't want everything to be a blur. Look, I guess uh, I'm gonna. I'll end with a controversial one. The Most justified criticism um, would have been my uh, the main event of my York Hall show in December, which are Young Bucks and Marty Skull against CCK. Okay. And uh, Flip Gordon, um, and then people said that the Young Bucks and uh, Marty didn't make CCK, uh, the tag team I've been building up for for a long time, look good at all. And I, and uh, and I believe that is a justified criticism, and I completely agree with them. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, so Oof. again. Like I, and I say controversial, um, I mean there's two sides to the story. So one thing is <laughs> there will be people. I said it at the time, and I will say it again. And the reason why I wasn't mad about the match, and I wasn't like, you know, like, oh my God, this was rubbish or whatever have you, um, is because it, I I'm not arrogant enough to think that my opinion's the only opinion. There are people who went to that show solely to see the Young Bucks and Marty do their being the elite shtick. Now I personally think there was a way to do it without making CCK and Flip Gordon look uh like they were just playing a bit role in the match. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um and I personally um felt that they lost all uh there was no there's no demand to see a rematch now. You know, I would have liked it to you know, I'd like to see what what's going to happen when the young bucks and CCK go up and get at it in a tag team match, you know. So there's no repeat business there in that sense, um, which is kind of unfortunate. And I felt that it, it didn't show Travis Banks and Chris Brooks in the best light. And I think that they're two of the best wrestlers in the UK at the moment, perhaps best wrestlers in the world. Um, and it would have been nice if they were... People wanted to see them go at it, toe-to-toe to toe with You had a chance guys. to
1: kind of t- um, solidify them. Yeah. As uh, as on that level or close to that level. Because the Young Bucks, they could come out there and, do you know what I mean, do sod all and get a great reaction. You know, they have that, that um, not that they don't work hard or they haven't worked hard, they have, but they've worked so hard to get to that level. That's the way it works. But people let the Young Bucks, people put the Young Bucks over yeah. to let the Young Bucks come to that level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the Young Bucks, I I haven't seen it, so I can't comment a great deal. But I've read things on Twitter, you've told me, um, you know the young bucks probably should have let helped cck out the same way people one day yeah
0: and, I, and and like i say like i i understand they gave the fans the match they wanted to see but it was at the expense of their opponents rather than uh you know it could have they could they could have been uh, it didn't have to be at the expense of their opponents um so like i say it's a little bit controversial um and and I just think, it, in hindsight, it could have been done a different way. Um, and I never had any input in that match at all, and I wish I did. Um, and uh, But, you know, at the end of the day, they've got their act, and they make a lot of money doing their act, and we sold a lot of tickets based upon that act. So um, it's kind of, you know, it's a bit of a catch-22 situation, really, you know? And I think that if I were to put them on with... Uh, you know if I if I were to be put in that position on me again next time, see
1: if they take the piss out of me <laughs> <laughs> but
0: if I were to put them in that if I were in that position again I wouldn't have put CCK in that in that position yeah I would have put guys who you know they could have been against anyone and done that match the Legion of Lords and for it example. would have got a it would have got a huge reaction no matter who they were wrestling but I think that the disappointing thing for me was when we announced the match people were excited about the, the you know the a competitive back-and-forth contest and the execution wasn't what the people expected they would get so that's why it was kind of almost like a marmite love it or hate it match if you love being the elite if you love the young bucks then you'll love that match sure but if you you know if you're indifferent to it then you'd be indifferent to that match so you know like i say Swings and roundabouts. The match is now on rpwondemand.com. You can watch it, you can judge for yourself, um, and it will be out on DVD soon. You can judge for yourself then as well. So, um, so, we'll leave on that controversial note, shall we? Yep. Wicked. Thanks for listening, everyone. And sorry if we didn't have time to answer your question, because it was about. We only got through, I don't even think we got through half the questions. Like, close. Um, you probably only
1: answered about eight, nine questions. So,. um...
0: We'll we'll store them and, and and we'll come back to another mailbag session in the future. Um, thank you very much. And if if anyone has got any questions that they want answering, which isn't specifically a topic, feel free in the meantime to tweet us at A-Quilden, aquildan a q u i l d a n and at boy simmons b o y s i m m o n z. And if it's if it's something that we feel we can we can answer in great depth, we might dedicate a whole episode to it. Or if it's just a a short answer, we can give we can just cover it in one of these these mailbag uh, sessions if you liked them because Guess you might not know, you It's It's nice enough people it. listen we you've actually got a mailbag. I know, yeah. <laughs> it? And it, it was one of those things as well we just did this afternoon. So <laughs> yeah, right. it wasn't like we put any preparation into it, as we do with everything. Um, so, but we... Uh, that we, was Simba
1: saying, boys, that is enough.
0: That's enough. Get out my house. <laughs> All right, we're we going, Simba, we're going. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Laters.